three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminist issues, feminism, and everything in between. You are joined by Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekbeck. What up, girl? Girl, I'm excited for this episode. I'm not going to lie. Me too. I'm actually very pumped. Um, but first, how was your week? It was good. Work, yoga, Oh, we went to Costco. Doesn't get much more 30-something. Did you have pizza? No, I didn't have pizza. But Des just like lights up in that place. <laughs> he just loves it. I <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you got to buy in bulk, you know? <laughs> like he'll ask me multiple times to go to Costco. And I'm like, Aww. I really don't want to go to Costco. And then there's samples. I, I get Des. I get him. So then I finally tell him, yes, let's go to Costco yesterday. And then he was just like so happy to be there. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you Des. That's pretty awesome. So Whenever he's feeling down, you should just bring him to Costco, get him a smoothie. <laughs> Doesn't take much. So we did that. And um, now I taught, I'm teaching two classes on Sundays now. Oh, wow. Okay. When was this? So this morning at 9.30, I teach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And tonight at 6, I teach. How was this so, morning's class? It was good. It was a really good turnout. I don't know if they liked me. Why? <laughs> I don't know. You're so likable. It's hard to tell. I feel like whenever I first join a studio and teach at a studio for the first time, I feel like it takes me a little bit to warm up. Yeah. It's probably just nerves. Yeah. That's what about exciting. you? Well, first, I just want to reminisce about Costco. <laughs> When I was little, on the weekends, my dad and I would go. That yeah. was like some of the things my dad and I did together growing up. And he would get a hot dog and a berry berry smoothie. Oh, nice. And I would get a big slice of pizza and we would get two straws for the berry berry smoothie and two straws for a soda. Aww. And then walk around. Anyway, makes me want to go to Costco now. <laughs> we should get sponsored for this. Unlike. <laughs> Or what, what were we? No, <laughs> I'm gonna bleep that out. I like the chains where they ship you food that you cook <laughs> indoors. Um, <laughs> my week was good. It was pretty standard. Um, just getting some stuff done, maybe. And I don't want to like talk about it yet until it's official. But like maybe getting another side hustle on. Nice. So I'm excited about that. And um, so I was working on that yesterday. I'm working on the podcast yesterday. And um, what else? Oh, I wanted to talk about Cardi B for a minute. <laughs> oh, that was that that girl that I didn't know who she was? Yes. But and I you go, talk about oh, her more. what? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about how much I love her for okay. a minute. Well, first... I just think she did something unprecedented recently. What? So first, like, I think that people kind of laugh when she talks because, one, she talks like that. But, like, really, she is smart and savvy. And, like, she talks a little goofy, but it's, like, it's in her own language. But I feel like that should not take away from how badass she is. (laughs) And first off, like, you need to listen to her new album is so empowering. She has, like, a song where she, like, just talks about how, like, she just hustles and she's awesome and she's just telling people a hundred percent how it is. She's and just it's like, really I'm empowering. Working freaking hard. Yeah, and she is empowering. Like the songs will make you like as a lady will be like, Yeah. 
will like get you hyped. Okay, I want to listen. And if you don't like rap, I mean, yeah, I can see it, but just like listen to the lyrics to appreciate it. And then like one of her songs is called Be Careful and it like seems like a threat at first where she's talking about how her fiance cheated on her and she is like be careful with me and she's like this isn't a threat this is a warning and she like just calls him out a hundred percent like unapologetically calls him out and I feel like this is a cool new trend that Beyonce started with her Lemonade album Mm -hmm. of like kind of like the redemption like yeah I'll stay with you but I'm a hundred percent gonna call you out for what you did Dang. So did Cardi B stay with her fiance? Yeah. And guess what? Last night while she was rapping, be careful. It was so powerful. This is a brand new album that she just dropped. Really powerful, really an empowering. She's singing be careful on SNL about her fiance. And it's the camera zooms out and she's pregnant. <gasps> Holy I'm crap. shook. I am shook. She's pregnant. She, she's carrying life wall rap a female rapper which is like hard to break into and it's like she broke a lot of records for breaking the top records on the chart as a female which has never been done before and she's doing it while pregnant on stage and being a boss while carrying the life of her fiance's child calling him out it was powerful it was powerful shook 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 I don't even know this girl, and that's crazy. Isn't that cool? Yes, and the fian- they're going to stay together. Yeah. Well, that's not for us to decide. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Whatever they want to do. But isn't that insane? Yeah. Yeah, I had to talk. So about she's prego. I had to talk. In that movement of, like, I think it's interesting. I don't know, like, 100% how I feel, but if that, like, like, I'm not judging them for their relationship, but just personally, like, putting myself in them shoes, like, in, in their shoes, like, whether I would think that's like enough to just call them out publicly or like public shaming is that like the healthy way to do it but also I think it's powerful in an artistic way to like it's artistic to unapologetically like say how you feel publicly I think mm-hmm. that's very artistic yeah and to not care I get what you're saying not me yeah you're saying you don't know if that's the way you would handle things but you're saying good for her for finding the way that she wants to handle it and doing it yeah and I think it's artistically powerful Mm -hmm. as an artist to like say what you're really going through dang I gotta check this girl out literally the first did I sell everyone on Cardi B or what literally the first time I heard of Cardi B was when you did that oh (laughs) Oh, yes so she has her own language no, she just kind of taught. She, I think, I think she's also bilingual. I'm not sure where she's from, but some, I think she's from New York originally. But she just kind of talks in this really cute way. But then when she raps, it's like hard, so eloquently said and like smartly said. Ah, but she talks really fast and in like a little bit of a girly girl accent. But like then she raps and it's like whoa. I'm gonna YouTube her as soon as we're done with, with this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. She's really cool. On my high horse about Cardi B. Anyway, um, before we get started, I want to go back to something that we talked about last week. I mentioned that my sister-in-law's best friend was at was doing a um, kind of like some university classes, yes. and so she commented on her picture um, and said that uh, the program is through Cornell's online university and it's called women in leadership. And then I said, I hope I did an accurate representation because I felt like I was blabbering a bit. 
And then she said, um, there's so much to it. It's fascinating stuff and you mostly captured it. But the inverse is true too. So when women exhibit traditionally male leadership behaviors, i.e. decisiveness, directness, upward influencing, they aren't applauded in the same way. And often that's when the B word comes out. Mm -hmm. So men who can lead situationally are the whole package and women who have the same skill to lead situationally aren't as applauded. Uh, yep. So hundred percent think that's true. And I guess it's proven via study then. Is that what that means? Yeah. They're just studying it and they're oh. learning about it. And maybe by learning about it and by talking about it, then maybe, you know, things can change. Yeah. Awesome. So I just wanted to point that out. So today we are talking about the Salem Witch Trials. Make us so jazzed. I don't know why we haven't thought of this sooner. And I got myself in a huge rabbit hole yesterday reading about it. Oh, I'm so excited. So should I go first or you go first? Because I kind of, okay, you did a little bit of history background too. You so, go first. Okay, cool. And then you go into all the theories and then I'll kind of go into the sexism at the end okay. of it all. Okay, cool. Um, so a little bit of background. I, this was found on smithsonianmag.com by Jess Bloomberg. Um, so it happened, the Salem witch trials happened in colonial Massachusetts in the late 1690s. So let's take ourselves back. It's right before the revolution. It's There's no technology. You're in a cabin. There's a lot of diseases. <laughs> it's and, dark. Um, it's and gross. you just came to this new country that you don't even know you're colonizing it. Yeah. And it's Puritan times. It's rough. And it's Puritan times where religion is kind of ruler. Yeah. Okay. So 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft. 20 were killed. Um, the colony later admitted it was a mistake and those families were compensated. Probably not enough. though. Um, so according to the history of Massachusetts.org, or actually I'm going to let Megan talk about that part, but um, still from this website, several centuries ago, many practicing Christians and those of other religions had a strong belief that the devil could give certain people known as witches the power to harm others in return for their loyalty. A witchcraft craze rippled throughout Europe from the 1300s to the end of the 1600s. So this was at the very end of it all. Tens of thousands of supposed witches, mostly women, were executed. Dun, dun, dun. Do you want me to pick it up from here? Yeah, pick it up. So I, my sources are Wikipedia, History of Salem Witch Trials blog, The Salem Witch Trial Victims, Who Were They? And those last two were by Rebecca Beatrice Brooks. So here are the initial events that kind of kicked everything off. Okay. Betty Paris, age nine, and her cousin Abigail Williams, age 11. Betty's, I believe it was Betty's father who was the, um, was the reverend was a reverend. Okay. So very religious household. Those two girls began to have fits described as beyond the power of epileptic fits or natural disaster. Um, the girls screamed. They threw things around the room. They uttered strange sounds. They crawled under furniture, contorted themselves into peculiar positions, um, according to a, another reverend. So the girls complained of being pinched and pricked with pins, and a doctor, who was assumed to be William Greggs, could find no physical evidence of what was going on and why it was happening. Other young women in the village began to start exhibiting very similar behaviors. So why were these girls 
having these fits. Yeah. So there are, there are quite a few modern um, theories as to why. Some say epilepsy, some say boredom, child <laughs> abuse, mental illness, or there was even this weird disease that was brought on by eating rye that was affected with fungus. And rye was a big deal. Yeah. So And it probably wasn't clean back then. So they're saying that it could like... Some people say that it's psychology to it. And then other people are like, well, actually, they may have been eating fungus. So it could be a combination of things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then they were trying to figure out why this was happening. Mm -hmm. And so the first three people who were accused and arrested for afflicting the girls were Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tichuba. So the background on these women... Yes. They're not the famous rich ladies who everybody looks up to, who goes to church every Sunday. Sarah Good was a homeless beggar. She was known to seek food and shelter from neighbors. And she was accused of witchcraft because... And of her, already looked down upon, probably. Yeah. She was looked down um, for her reputation. Um, Sarah Osborne, she rarely attended church meetings, which was a huge deal back then. Um, she, she was accused of witchcraft because the Puritan believed that Osborne had her own self-interest in mind following her remarriage to an indentured servant. So it's all about class back then or all about hierarchy. And then Tituba was a South American Indian slave. Um, Mm -hmm. she was likely the target due to her ethnic differences and she was accused of attracting girls with stories of enchantment. These tales would be sexual encounters with demons, swaying the minds of men, and fortune telling. So, that gives like a little bit of... Spooky. And part of me is like, if I was in those times, I would totally be accused of being a witch. (laughs) I think I would be too, because I want to be religious. Or, I think my issue is I'm like society like a little bit society wise I like like being polite and like following the rules overall I mean I know I was able to branch out and have an open mind but I feel like if I were convinced at a young age that this is the way things were I might be like devoutly like Puritan yeah I think that's what I would actually be dang which scares me I'm glad I was raised with an open mind because geez I would be the worst I Chelsea and I both say that all the time yeah (laughs) we would be the worst um, I would be a witch because yoga. Yeah, girl, scandalous. I, I would, and I feel like I am a religious person, but not in the sense that they would want me to be. And they were also talking about fortune telling. Mm. We let, I'm not a fortune teller, but I mean, I'll read horoscopes, no doubt about oh, it. Oh, I, lo- I, I like, since I moved to Seattle, I don't know 100% how much I actually think they sway things, to be right. honest. But, um... I've been getting into them just it's fun to yeah. talk about. So we would totally be witches. Yeah. So here are some of the legal procedures used to find if you were guilty of being oh no, a witch. I'm scared. They are crazy. Ooh. Okay. First of them, the witch cake. A witch cake. Yes. Okay. So John Indian, one of the minister's slaves, was instructed to make a witch cake. So, the intention was to use a traditional English white magic to discover the identity of the witch who was afflicting the girls. The cake was made from rye meal and urine from the afflicted girls. This is really backward. So, then the cake was fed to a dog. <laughs> According What's the per- to... <laughs> how would you know? 
According to English folk understanding of how witches accomplished the affliction, when the dog ate the cake, the witch herself would be hurt. Uh huh. So, <laughs> as the dog was eating the cake, the witch would scream out in pain. Whichever witch was the one that was afflicting the girls would be in instant pain. This is so really totally, weird. totally legal. I mean, makes perfect very sense. scientific. <laughs> very scientific flawless i don't see a problem (laughs) this next one is the touch test and this is the most famous one so if the accused witch touched the victim while the victim was having a fit and then the victim calmed down and stopped the observers believed that that meant that the accused was the person who afflicted the pain so she caused the pain and then by a touch she can stop it and mm. she can't control it. So she stops it and without her control. And then the, the afflicted is calm again. Wow. Here's a quote. We were blindfolded and our hands were laid upon the afflicted person. They being in their fits and falling into their fits at our coming into their presence. Some led us and laid our hands upon them. And then they said they were well and that we were guilty of afflicting them. Whereupon we were all seized as prisoners by a warrant from the justice of the peace and forthwith carried to Salem. Wow. So kind of crazy. So were they from Salem or was Salem a place that the trials were just held? I think it started in Salem and then it kind of spread out to other small colonies in the area of Massachusetts. Oh, bummer. And then I think Salem was the biggest one though. But, um... Now we can, you can still go. It's not called Salem anymore. It's called like another town now. Mm. And you can still go and like the place, uh, Gallows Hill, Gallows Hill. I don't know. It, the hill where they were all hung. You mm. can still like go there. Oh, I bet there's haunted stories. So other evidence that were included in the confessions, um, there, they could be discovery of books of palmistry and horoscopes. So if you were found with one of those, you're a witch. Um, pots of ointments in the possession of the home of the accused um, and observations of what were called witches teats. So, okay. A witch's teat is a blemish or a mole that was on their body. And so if you had one of these, then you were a witch. Oh man. When I went through puberty. So I have, I have a mole on my armpit. I have several moles. Yeah, so it would be called a witch's teat. <laughs> I have a lot of teats. <laughs> so, oh, and the the spot is insensitive to the touch. So if you touched it and didn't, like, say, ow, then it was a witch's teat and you were a witch. I would just be like, ow, when someone <laughs> touched it. So that's kind of, like, just what the hell is going on, really. Like, do you want to say some of the reasons that you found for why this was going on. Like, it's just so mind boggling that this happened in our country. Yeah. Uh, there's a few reasons. Um, I'll kind of go into them before Meg wraps up. Um, so hysteria. Um, we kind of thought of this last week by talking about politeness and we got into hysteria and how like women had to act polite or they would think that men would think that they're crazy. And um, I think like just my gut feeling was that, and maybe I was seeking it too much, but my gut feeling was that the Salem witch trials went hand in hand with that theory about women. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so a paper from Western Oregon University's history files by Josephine Colburn. Um, she said that George, this is like a, I think this was a college paper a girl wrote, but she said that George uh, Lyman Kittredge, a professor, I don't know if it's at the same university, referenced Sir Thomas Brown in a paper he wrote. Um, and Brown wrote in Religio Medici, which is probably religious medicine, um, in 1643. And he defined the effects of witchcraft as some kind of disease linked with hysteria. So it, I guess it might have gone hand in hand, especially since that was written in 1643. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things. And Megan, I did re- see the same thing about fungus poisoning. And I thought that was super interesting. Um, and undiagnosed encephalitis, which I don't know what that means. Do you know what that is? Um, but anyway, it had, um, and this comes from Daily J store, um, this reference, it's convulsive erogotism and this is symptoms of it. And it comes from rye and it has LSD effects. If you get infected with this, uh, fungus, you have vertigo, crawling sensations on the skin, extreme tingling, headaches, hallucinations, seizure, like muscle contractions. So this could be what they were what was inflicting them but then the hysteria is kind of what made it worse i think it was a combo of Mm -hmm. like mass hysteria and them actually having stuff and then being raised with it and being ingrained mentally like everyone thought this was a rational idea you know yeah and um it was also blamed on that mass hysteria was blamed on bad economic times stress arguments and tensions within the community that was there already um so I wanted, should I save sexism or do you want to go into your last little bit? Yeah, let's save sexism to the very Okay, end. cool. So, um, well, mine also kind of has to do with that. Let me read you this kind of fun article. Okay. Nine reasons why you might have been suspected Ooh, of witchcraft. Okay, ladies, were we, were we witchcrafty? So here are nine things. You are female. Oh, well, <laughs> crap. We got one thing against us. All through Western history, more women than men have been accused of witchcraft. It took less for a woman to be considered out of line. You are middle-aged. Yes, I haven't gotten there yet. So witches tended to be in their late 40s and 50s. Um, Maybe other adults were resentful of a bossy mother figure. (laughs) Number three, you are related to or otherwise associated with a known suspect. So I was reading about how... um, if the woman was accused, then then more often the, the husband would be accused then too. Poor dude. Um, you are English, Puritan background. Oh, no, I don't got that. You are married but have few or no children. Mm, I'm not married or have no children. So neighbors suffering misfortune might think you are attacking their larger families from jealousy, especially if you are lacked kin to speak of for you. Unprotected. Unprotected widows were at even more of a high risk. Number six, you are continuous. Wait, what is that word? Contentious. You you are contentious and stubborn with a turbulent reputation. I think back then we would be that for sure. (laughs) Number seven, you have been accused of other crimes before, such as theft or slander. Hmm. No, I haven't done that. Number eight, you are of a relatively low social position. Mm. I don't know. I mean, we say we're poor, but we're probably like middle class. Yeah, we're middle class. 
And number nine, a confessed witch accuses you of being a fellow witch. So if I accused you, then they would believe me. Oh, you're a witch. <laughs> so those are the nine things. Who wrote that article? Um, her name, it's from the Huffington Post. Cool. And it was by Marlene Roach. Cool. That's a, that's a fun article. <laughs> so I, I think that we would probably have a pretty good chance of being a witch. All of this reminds me of my cat Binks. He's a black cat and he is <gasps> named after Hocus Pocus, which is about witches. And then it was based in Massachusetts and it's playing off all this. You were totally a witch. I know. You have a black cat. I want to dress up as a witch for Halloween for this year, I think. What should I be? You could be a witch too. Okay. We could hold Binks in a picture. <laughs> Okay, should I talk about sexism now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I just think Puritanism is like kind of an extreme religious belief. And I think a lot of demonizing women was back then, you know, kind of like a strong belief that women would be possessed by the devil and they're kind of innately sinful and a little bit scandalous. And that just comes from Puritanism. So if they didn't like follow everything super strict. Definitely. I found a little bit of a of a snippet that um, Puritans were very hostile towards colonists who didn't follow the strict religious and societal rules in the colony. So as a result, it's probably not surprising that many of the accused witches were outspoken women, Quakers. I can't remember what a Quaker was. I used to know a lot. I feel like I did too, but I can't remember. I guess not Puritans. And now I just think of oatmeal. <laughs> Slaves, uh, colonists with criminal backgrounds, or colonists who criticized the witch trials. So if you came forward and said, hey, I think that we're going a little crazy here. I don't think that these people are witches. So if you then try to you be the were, voice of yes. reason, If you really? try to be the voice of reason, which is what would happen with um, the family, like other family members and like the husbands and all that. If you stood up and said, hey, guys, I'm let's take a step back here, then you are a witch. Wow. So, um, it's also, um, kind of some historians think that the girl's parents were egging the girls on and encouraging them to accuse specific people in the community that they didn't like, or that they wanted to, um, get an act of revenge in, which is kind of sad. Yeah, it's sad, but it makes sense. And did you know, it's a common myth that the Salem witch trial victims were burned at the stake. But actually, there was no burning of the stake. They were mostly hung. Hmm. I I didn't know that. I watched a whole movie about it, and it was supposed to be like a realistic thing, but it was made a long time ago, so it's like, meh. What, what on Netflix? No, it was like I, I watched it in a class for some reason. Oh, I want to watch it. Yeah, I wonder if it was in my women's studies class. I forget. Was it a good one? Other than the fact of being made a long time ago? I mean, it was more entertaining, I think, because I was in class. I was like, cool, movie time. <laughs> as soon as you saw that, like, screen being pulled out, you were like, heck yeah, movies. <laughs> yeah, movies. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea if it was actually good. Um, but, yeah, any other thoughts? Just thank God we didn't live in Massachusetts in the 1600s. I think I would have conformed, unfortunately. Oh, if I... I feel like there was, if I was seeing people who were standing up and saying, hey guys, we're crazy, quit doing this, and then they got killed, like, you gotta survive. Oh, I mean, 
Keep there's, quiet. <laughs> we keep quiet. Just like sit there and be like, oh, I'm a dainty little girl. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I thank God we don't live back then. I know. And sad for all the families. Oh, people it, say like now's like a terrible time. And I'm like, I don't know. At least we aren't hung and pressed to death I for being witches anymore. I think that there are good. I mean, there are other times. places that still do stuff like that, though. Yeah. I think that no matter what time you live in, there's going to be bad stuff that happens. Mm. I think it's kind of just life. Yeah. You know, I just think I'm just grateful I'm not in the medieval times. <laughs> I think that would have been awful and stinky. <laughs> I, I second that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I would have liked to be in the 80s and 90s like more. Yeah. The 90s, I feel like we were just having lots of money just rolling around in it. <laughs> Is that true? The U.S. economy was like the best in Clinton era. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, um, what are, what's a good thing? A good thing is that I'm going home in June. That's exciting. You're like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, I can't think of it. I don't know. My good thing is I'm just in a good mood lately. You're just happy I'm just happy. Just chilling. Just cruising. Sometimes this podcast makes me happy. I don't know. So yeah, I'm just happy. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you guys so much. Tune in next week for another fun episode. We love you. Bye. Bye.